A lot of people wake up in the morning, every morning, and they ask the question, what should I do today? And they're confused. They want to make a decision. Should I do this? Should I do that? And a lot of people suffer because of financial challenges. I don't know which way to turn, which way to go. And uh, it seems this is the opposite of what it says in the Torah. In chapter 55 in Tilim, uh, it says that Hashem does not give mot la tzad, doesn't, doesn't let a tzad fall. A tzad will not fall. And the Zohar says every Jew is called a tzaddik. Amichum tzaddikim. Anyone who has a circumcision is called a tzaddik. So how could it be that a Jew, a Jew could fall? If the Torah promises that a Jew, Hashem will support a Jew. It doesn't make sense. So we learned tonight something will open up the pipelines of Parnassah, open up the... Uh, the channels of God's blessings to us in a very, very amazing way. I think which could really give fire into us, not just bring open the pipeline of Hashem, but also open up our own pipelines, open up our own, get, help us come out of our shell, be more alive, and be warmer. And so, before we begin, just to give some context of uh, the conversation, Hashem Yochai, he said, that if a Jew needs to celebrate Shabbos and he can't afford to buy food for Shabbos, so in certain situations, the Shimon Yochai says, you should borrow money. How are you going to pay it back? Borrow money? You're borrowing from this guy. He's giving you money. He's only lending it to you. He's not giving it to you. How can you borrow? Shimon Yochai says, borrow the money. And Hashem says, I'll pay back. I'll pay back. And it's not just about Shabbos. It's also about education. Because it says in the Gemara, there are three things that are not considered part of the calculation for uh, what you're going to make in the year, that what you spend for Shabbos, what you spend for holidays, what you spend for educating your children. It's not part of the calculation. Whatever you spend for those things, Shem will pay you back. So, so Shem Yochai says, all those things, it's okay. Don't worry. Borrow. Hashem will pay you back. Don't worry. It's going to work. That's how you are allowed to borrow for Shabbos. You have to borrow for Shabbos. It depends, depends on the situation. It depends on what the situation is. Shem Yochai says it's you're supposed to and say Hashem borrow on a calculation Hashem will pay you back. And the Rebbe said it doesn't only mean specifically about borrowing money. It doesn't mean specifically about Shabbos. It means also about everything that a Jew does. Everything a Jew does is holy. Everything a Jew does can be made holy. And even if you don't have the most altruistic reasons for wanting physical things, but Jew has to have the general perspective of us halchar b'chava that he goes with a broad sense of courage. Atalcha b'chava. Go with the broadness, with the courage, with the that that you are a, a emissary of Hashem, and therefore it's for sure going to work out. So this uh, this is very connected to what we're learning about this week, the mitzvah of shemitah. How mitzvah of shemitah work? Torah says when Jews, Jews come to Israel, six years they work, six years they plow, six years they plant, and the seventh year, don't work, don't work at all, nothing. Oh, but how are you supposed to um, survive if you're not working? The Torah says, not only are you not supposed to work, whatever you own, whatever land you own, you're a farmer, hefker, make it ownerless. What's the point of doing that? How is it possible? You're, it doesn't make any sense. So it says in the Talmud Yerushalmi, Rabbi says, Hashem wants to underscore to us, that everything belongs to Him. And this is something that Sam Sofer says, Oh, Rabbi Elbed is here. 
It's like the, the good old days, the OG for Rangans with the French fries. Yeah, French fries. I only have Yosef. That's right. So, Chassam Sofer says, you see the t- Hashem's signature in this week's Torah portion. Hashem says, how can any human being say this? Don't work for a year, it's going to work out. How can any human being say that? Only say that if you know. You can't say that if you don't know. So Hashem says it because He knows. Yes, you keep the Shemitah, you don't work for a year, and it's going to work out. And we see amazing stories of people who, even though today the uh, Mitzvah Shemitah, um, there are many heterim, many, many loopholes of, of how to, of halachic loopholes, maybe you don't have to keep it in this way and that way, but people are very careful to keep the Mitzvah Shemitah. We see amazing, amazing blessings that they have in a miraculous way. They don't work in the, in the sixth year. How does it work? Torah says, Hashem says, if you will ask, what will I eat in the seventh year? I haven't plowed and I haven't planted. So Hashem says, I'll command my blessing in the sixth year, and there'll be double, triple as much produce as you usually make in the sixth year, and that's how you'll be able to survive the seventh year. It'll be double, it'll be triple, it'll be amazing. Yeah, that's if you ask, what will we eat in the seventh year? Hashem answers, this is the answer. By the way, the seventh year is not even an issue, right? If you're plowing and planting the sixth year, you still have stuff left over for the seventh year. Why does the Torah say, the Jews are going to ask, what will we eat in the seventh year? Well, it doesn't make any sense. Why would they ask that? The seventh year, you're okay. The eighth year is a problem. Because you're plowing and planting the sixth year, you're harvesting, so you're going to have enough food for the seventh year. No one's questioning that. But the Torah says, no, you may ask, what's going to happen in the seventh year? Why would you ask that question? Rabbi Simchabon of Pshishch says the following. Say Pshish too carefully, you'll lose your American passport. So watch out. <laughs> Ice is all around. Anyway, so he says, that when, it, when you know that it's going to be something that's going to take away some kind of financial income, it doesn't only bother you when it happens. It bothers you a year before and two years before. Start worrying and worrying and it starts eating at you way, way before. So, so the Torah says, you'll ask the question, what will we eat? And Hashem says, I'll give you the blessing. Usually, throughout the Torah, we don't find this kind of a dialogue. Torah isn't, it isn't written in a question and answer form. It's not written, oh, here's the question, here's the answer. Torah isn't written that way. The Torah just says, Hashem's words, the truth. That's not written in, if you'll ask this, this will be the answer. How come over here is the Torah, the Torah departs from its usual um, system and puts things in question and answer form? So Melech Lezhansk heard from his brother, Abzusha Vanipoli, an amazing answer. But before we get to the answer of Ramelech and Abzusha, um, let's, let's begin with this. We all have, again, as I mentioned before, ups and downs. We all have things that we have questions, and these questions that we have when we turn our day, they could make us very heavy, make it very hard for us to make moves in our business, in the things we're supposed to do, because we have all these questions, should go this way, should go that way, and the doubts and hesitation... It's really like, it could really paralyze you. And the truth is that only human beings have this. God made the whole world. God sustains the whole world. And all of God's creatures don't have this issue. Let's take, for example, the uh, ants. The Rambam says that you, the way to come to love Hashem is by looking at Hashem's greatness in creation. So look at the way Hashem takes care of, of ants. Ants are amazing creatures. It says in, in the Proverbs, King Solomon says, ants do not have mayors or officers or, or um, they don't have any, anything like that. They don't have anyone running them. And yet, what do yeah. the ants do? They're queens. Ants, first of all, have each... How many ants are there? 
For every human being, you know how many ants there are? You would know this, gentlemen. How many ants there's 2.5 million minimum for every human being. There's probably many more, but scientists estimate that there's at least there's at least 2.5 million ants for every person. Ants they uh, have um, traffic in their colonies. They have there's a one colony they found in Japan, unbelievable. It's 306 million ants. And they all are, uh, they, they work together. They, they never went to, a, to have a course in teamwork and, and, and management. They work with incredible alacrity. They work together. They're very honest. The Midrash says a story about one ant that had a piece of morsel of bread and he dropped the piece of bread and no other ant would touch the piece of bread. Why? Because they're so honest. They had the scent of one ant that belongs to him. So they had this alacrity. They had this honesty. And the most, they work together. They all work together and they build these huge homes. I mean, this, this particular colony... Think about proportionally how big that is. It is 306 million ants, and they have has 45 um, uh, queens. Uh, you know what that is? America has 320 million people, and there's 20,000 cities. So this is a, one colony of ants has, has something proportionate to America, and they, they don't have the 20,000 cities. And they all work together, and it's amazing. And they also work very intelligently. The ants... They create big homes. They have homes, as I mentioned, they have, they have they create palaces. And some palaces of the ants are three meters wide. And they, and they build them with floors and with rooms. And they store their food. They store their food in the middle of the, uh, of the, of the, of the house that they build. Why in the middle? First of all, they store it from the summers so they have food in the winter. Besides that, they store it in the middle of the house because they don't want the moisture to come from the top or from the bottom to mess it up. So, and they, they're so intelligent, it seems. They're so, it's so brilliant. Everything's so organized. And they do such a, an amazing job for all of creation. Think about the fact that, there's, that, that the soil is oxygenated and, there's, and there aren't vermin, there aren't other um, insects ruining the crops. A lot of it is due to these ants who get rid of all these vermin. And, and they open up, they make the soil porous so that the, the water can reach the roots of, of each of each uh, tree, and they, they just induce, and, and also not, not only that, the ants pick the nectar of certain flowers and uh, and other other plants, and they help it grow because they take the seeds and they cause the seeds to spread, and they and they and they are they they benefit, they give benefit, and the entire ecology, at the word of 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 um, ecosystem, ecosystem. Thank you, Zalman. Entire ecosystem. Of uh, of eating and and it's it's all the ants play a major play a major role, and yet that's the ants. What about us? <laughs> we don't have the same thing. The ants know exactly what to do. They have a, there's a system. There's an instinct. And us, we wake up in the morning. Should I do this? Should I do that? What, 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 what's first? What's next? Right. I, I, I just quoted the verse before. Engla katzin. There's no. There's no. There's no generals. There is go and, and they sing. And it's all. It's like all creation. Besides, even just the ants. All creation is part of this harmony. It's the song to Hashem, and it's all orchestrated. It's all amazing. And it says Pirkei Shira that each 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 creature has a song it sings to Hashem. And yet the only one. Why are we different? Why are we less than everything else? So there's two possible answers. Either we're worse than everything else. Everyone else is better, and we're just, we're just, we're just the layutslachs, we're the yukels who can't, who can't do it, or Yiddish there's a word parachmurit. Parachmurit, you don't have to know what the word means to know what it means. You know, we're, we're just, we're just unsuccessful, we're stuck, we're parachmurit. That's one way of looking at it. 
Or another way of looking at it is, the real way of looking at it is, that we have a unique role to play. That we have a, a unique role to play in fulfilling God's will and creation. Let's get back to Reb Zusha. Why did Reb Zusha answer this question? How did Reb Zusha answer this question? Why did the Torah say this in a question and answer form? The whole Torah is not written in a question and answer form. Why? If we hear the Torah revere, the Torah puts things in the form of question and answer. You know what the, what the Rebzusha answers? The Rebzusha says like this. When God made the world, Adam was fed by God. Adam was like a child looking at God like his father. And he's totally open to hear from Hashem and to be fed from Hashem. And Adam did not work. You need to work to, or to, to, to survive. Adam, the Maral says, what? Less than 24 hours, thank you. <laughs> the Maral says that Adam, Adam Rishon, wasn't born with the knowledge of making clothing, the knowledge of being a contract, making homes. He wasn't born with a certain aptitude for a certain kind of, of, of parnasa. Parnasa, earning money, is a deficiency. Human beings weren't created, says the Maral, to earn money. They weren't created they were to, to, to fend for themselves and have survival instincts and have to earn money. The whole thing doesn't make any sense. And all the things we think make so much sense, how we earn money, don't make any sense. So you're going to plant a seed, and the seed's going to grow into a tree. How about you take a Rolex, and grow, plant the Rolex in the soil, and watch the Rolex grow into, into a tree of Rolexes. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. But Hashem specifically put us in a situation, He created us different than everything else. He made us think, because we have a role to play. Our role to play is that we have to, on, on, we have to do something paradoxical. In order to make a, a tikkun, to rectify this, the 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 problem that happened to the world with the, um, with the sin of the tree of knowledge, we have to be involved in the world, and have to, have to plow and plant and think we're doing everything, and realize we're not doing anything. Realize it has nothing to do with us. It, it's, it's a paradox. You think that if you look like this, and you look like that, and you say this, and you say that, that's going to earn you something. Does it make sense? You're going to plant the seed, and the tree's going to come out? It, it, it doesn't make any sense. So Hashem wants us to be created with this, our intelligence, and at the same time, to be like Adam, to feel like we are a child going with his father. Hey, Dad, they feel so secure, feel so good, because you know your father is going to take care of you. That's how a Jew is supposed to always feel. And that's the answer to our question. The Rebbe Marash says that what makes a difference in our parnasa, makes a difference in our, in our livelihood, what makes us successful, is our open-hearted trust in Hashem. Why to phrase the mitzvah of Shemitah in a question and answer form? If we would not ask the question, we wouldn't have to have the answer. In other words, God's sustenance would come to us naturally. Because God made the world, takes care of all those creatures. Because you asked the question, what are we going to eat? That caused God's sustenance, God's flow to stop. That put, a, that put sand, that closes the faucet. The worry and the and angst and anxiety you have, that's what closes the faucet. That's what, that's what stops the Parnassah. So because we asked the question, so it's time everything stopped. So Hashem, to, give, to feed us, He has to make a new flow of, of sustenance to us. Because we ask the question, so Hashem has to respond, okay, I'm going to give you something new. But if you wouldn't have that problem, if you wouldn't ask that question, so then there wouldn't be any need for a plan. Would, Hashem takes care of us. He always takes care of us. But our question is what, it's, is what blocks it up. But on the other hand, why does Hashem give it to us then? If, we, if, we, if we're doubting, and we're, we're not worrying, so why did Hashem still take care of us and give us double and triple as much in the sixth year. If we're saying that our, our worrying is what stops everything, so how come the Torah says, you're still going to help you, it's still going to give you double and triple in the sixth year. Zichamagat says, listen, you showed up. Zichamagat says, at least you kept the mitzvah of Shemitah. 
You didn't, you didn't have a lack of faith. If you had a lack of faith, you wouldn't keep the mitzvah shmita. No one who has a lack of faith to keep the mitzvah shmita. It doesn't make any sense. You know, it's not working. You're going to make money. It's like, it's it's as if like uh, you're going to say, I'm going to do something which is counterintuitive to my business. Hashem said so. You must believe if you're doing it. It's just your faith isn't complete unless we're asking questions. So Hashem says, as long as you made the vessel, as long as you did the right thing, you showed up. It's like the same, same with every mitzvah. A person should never say, I'm not going to do this mitzvah because I do this mitzvah, it's going to show arrogance. I'm going to do this mitzvah and people will think that I'm, I'm doing it because of my, my ego. Just show up and do the right thing. That already brings, that already opens the channel of Hashem's blessings. Just to show up. You did the mitzvah shmita, you had this intent, you had that intent, doesn't matter. As long as you showed up to do the mitzvah shmita, that already shows you trust in Hashem somewhat. And the fact you didn't show, trust Hashem completely means that Hashem has to make a new flow of energy. On the other hand, they'll still give it to you because you did something. You open, you trusted in Hashem enough to stop doing, stop working on Shemitah. In a similar way in ourselves, we have to show up and open ourselves up to Hashem's blessings by letting go of the anxiety, letting go of the frustration. It's so, it's so counterintuitive, but the less we worry, the less we're concerned, the more wider God's sustenance is, the wider the pipe of blessing is, the more we worry, the more we're closing the faucet. The less can come down and the slower it comes down. The more we're, we trust and we're happy, the faster it comes down, the more that comes down. So the Chassam Sefer actually says an interesting thing. I'll conclude with this. Chassam Sefer says, Hashem commands a blessing for us. What year? Which year gets the extra blessing? You don't remember? Huh? The sixth year. Why not the seventh year? Why doesn't Hashem make the seventh? If the whole point is to show us it's not us who earns everything, it's Hashem takes care of us. So why not make a big blessing in the seventh year? And we'll be so, it'll be so clear to everybody, don't do it with you, Hashem did it. So Hashem Sefer says, Hashem wants us to have the full blessing. The full blessing is when you, when you have some involvement in it. If, you, if Hashem just give it to you for free, that you're making any effort, so then, so then you, uh, you wouldn't appreciate it. What makes, a person, what makes us appreciate the blessings of Hashem is the fact that on the one hand, we're plowing and planting. On the other hand, we see clearly that it's not, it's not commensurate to our efforts. So bottom line, my dear friends, bottom line is, that the, the Rebbe says, it's our thinking good. It, which You see yourself, you, when you think good, you're filled with energy, you're animated, you're ready to go. And besides that, you open up Hashem's blessing. There's two things, it's synergistic. Number one is when you think and you feel good, you're, you're, you're excited to go do what you need to do. And number two, it, things flow, things flow. Because, because your simcha, your happiness causes happiness from Hashem, causes Hashem's kindness to come. As Baal Shantav says, Hashem wants those who await Hashem's kindness. By thinking about God's kindness, that brings God's kindness. You're thinking Hashem's chesed is going to come, that itself causes Hashem's chesed to come. So, Hashem should help us all that we should think about Hashem's chesed and see Hashem's chesed. And go with the stolz, go with courage, go with conviction. It's a different world. You walk around with this kind of perspective. You're going with Hashem, He's taking care of you. It's a different world, different world. So we have to go with this perspective. This is a perspective of Bias Mashiach. Adam and Eve had this. They were, God's taking care of them. That's what, that's where we're supposed to be. And although you have all these kinds of things in nature, it looks like this is what's happening. Still, realize it's not what that's not what, where the source of everything is from. It's only from Hashem's open and full. And as Baal Shantiv says. Overflowing hand. Any uh, question or comments? All right, Chazaka Baruch.